Here's the podcast of highlights from the Q102 Morning Show with Tim and Laura. Tim is off today, Eric in studio, and I want you to just imagine this. Your first home purchase. You're so excited. Your boxes are all packed. That's usually not the exciting part because the packing and the unpacking, kind of a nightmare. (laughs) But imagine that that's not the worst nightmare that happens along with this. So prepare to be grossed out this morning. So you're unpacking. You're moving in. This is your first home. You have a couple of kids. They're excited. They're like, oh, I get this room. Oh, I, I want this room. Look at the backyard. And all of a sudden, your dog starts to really bark oddly at weird times going nuts. And you think, oh. Maybe my house is haunted, Mm. which goes along with what we talked about last week with Paranormal Day. I would be excited about that. (laughs) Most people probably would not. I realize that's not a normal thing to be excited about. That's not what happened in this house, though. A woman noticed, and her name is Shannon. She noticed that there was uh, what she thought at the time, one unwelcome visitor. Oh, no, a snake got into the house because she saw the snake slithering up the wall. And that's what the dog was barking at, at the back of the wall in the garage. It happens, right? Like sometimes critters get in that should not be in. Weirdly enough, I would be more worked up about a spider than a snake. I don't want any of those in my house. Let's just let's be clear about that. But in out in the wilderness, a spider freaks me out way more than a snake does. I don't want him in my house, but I think I could probably deal. The snake is big enough that it's not going to hide and you'll never find it again. Like a spider could just disappear very quickly. So that's snake number one. What is the problem is that, no, that was not the only snake. Come to find out, when she put her hand on the wall where that snake was, it felt warm. And she thought, why Why is heat coming from this garage wall? It shouldn't. Find out there's 10 snakes that were living oh, inside no. the walls. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. Burn so, it down. <laughs> right? And that's what she said. She's like, now my kids are afraid to sleep in their beds. Even though we've called in a snake wrangler and humanely removed the snakes from the household, she's like, kids won't sleep in the beds anymore. They're afraid to go to the bathroom because they're saying, Mom, what if a snake is in the toilet and it comes up and it, you know. And so she said, I was so excited to buy this. This was our first home. I had saved up my whole life for it. And she said, until I rip up the concrete and locate where these snakes were living and maybe find out, are there more? How are they getting in? She said, I don't know that I can live here. Listen, I'm not an architect. I am not a carpenter. I I can't really fix things on my own. I have a to-do list for my dad when he comes to visit because Alex can't fix things either. So I just wait for dad. But I thought to myself, I don't know that busting up the concrete, that's the foundation of your home. I don't know that you want to be destroying what keeps your house solid. But I also don't know that you could sleep at night knowing that there might be more snakes in the walls. And are they coming out. And then my other question is, when you sell a home, and this might be a question when we talk to our favorite real estate agents, what do you have to disclose? If it floods every time the first you know rainstorm of spring comes, I think you, no matter what state you live in, I think you have to disclose mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, right? Problems that you know exist in the house. If your house is haunted, do you have to say, well, I, there'll be strange bumps in the night. We can't really explain it nor control it, so know that coming in. This house was in Colorado. I'm assuming if you knew there was a snake infestation in the walls, that should be something that you tell the next homeowners, right? A little checkbox. 
snakes. Right. <laughs> yeah, you get 10 snakes or more because they live in yeah. the walls. I don't know what the stipulations are, but she called the real estate agency to say, hey, uh, nobody mentioned that there were snakes living in the wall. And they said, oh, that we did not know that was a problem. This is the first we've heard of it. Which, again, maybe it is. But did the previous homeowners know that they had a bunch of snakes living in the wall, which may explain why they sold the house. Therefore, right? we're moving. <laughs> right? We are. We didn't pack up any of our belongings. We didn't <laughs> want to take anything that may have crawled into a box and gone with us like fully furnished house. Move right on in. Hmm, that's weird, right? <laughs> and I don't think that it was, but she said that she's even un- afraid to unpack her own boxes for fear that what if something got into them before she noticed and voila, you open the lid to unpack your canned goods in the kitchen and a little surprise friend inside. <laughs> and like I was saying before, like I mean, in Minnesota, snakes probably won't kill you. But I think in Colorado, there are poisonous snakes. Well, yeah. And even if they're not, do you want that surprising yeah. no, you right. in your box, in your wall, in your bed? Mm. <laughs> so sorry to freak everyone out this morning, but, you know, it's just a little extra wake up. At least they're not in your home. I hope. Great day with Q102. It does not seem that anyone has has come in for the big win against Robert De Niro as far as the age gap between their children. That is the topic on the Q102 Morning Show Facebook page. Right now, Robert De Niro, 79 years old. He's going to be 80 this summer. And he just welcomed baby number seven. (laughs) So if you do the math, and that is not always my strong suit, so I used a calculator. His oldest child, 51. This new baby, So there is a 51-year age gap. I didn't really need the calculator for that kind of math. 51 years between his oldest daughter and the new baby. So if you can beat that, it's going to be hard. But if not, we're just asking, what's the biggest age gap between you and your siblings? Maybe you're the baby of the family. Maybe you're the oldest. What's that biggest age gap? And then what about between your children, between the oldest and the youngest? How many years between the you know middle and the youngest? Whatever it is. Kelly weighed in and said, my kids are almost exactly 20 years apart. One will be 22. and the other two. So that is a, that is a change in the household when, when that last baby comes along. But she said their birthdays are exactly a week apart. And you kind of were saying, Eric, that in your yeah. family, there's almost a, a span of every, was it two, two years, years between yeah. you and your siblings? Yep, uh, but all the same birthday month, right? Yes, exactly right. So yeah, it worked out well. Yeah. I don't know if it was planning. I, I doubt planning, but it worked out that way. And you mentioned something earlier that I thought was actually kind of interesting because when I grew up, so my older sister is 13 years older than I am. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, here I come along. And like I always say, best accident you guys ever made, huh? Mm-hmm, and my right. mom goes, no, you weren't really an accident. I'm like, but not really exactly planned, right? Yeah. And so in my class, a lot of my classmates' parents were a little bit younger than my parents because, again, that was probably the same ratio of when my sister, who was 13 years older than I am, was in class, my parents would have been considered like the normal age of classmates and then here I come along 13 years later and so my parents were probably like the old parents Mm -hmm. of the classmates. Everybody else's parents were probably 10 years younger at that time than my parents were. But you brought up an interesting point too that that is almost like the norm now to be a little bit on the older Older, side. right? Yeah, so like my folks were just out of high school uh, and had me. I was the oldest and a lot of my friends, same thing. Parents were all in that same age group 18, 19, 20 years old. 
I just think <laughs> it's hard, you know, uh, it would be, it's hard to imagine, like my children now that are 22 and 19, if them having kids, it's just, you know. What I, <laughs> Might be a little terrifying. Yeah, put it in that perspective, it's way different. I'm going to be 40 at the middle of summer this year. And so I have raised cats and I think I've done very well. I'm a good cat mom. But the thought of at 40 having a baby really in my mind is no different than the thought of 18 or 19 having a baby. Like if I yep. can't give that baby back to its proper owners, I I don't think <laughs> at any age I wanted that responsibility. Right. So I'll take a cat over a baby, you know, no matter what that age gap in between is. I'm like, that's a lot of responsibility. But again, at Robert De Niro's age at 80 to welcome a new baby, I just, that, that's a lot too. Yeah, I don't I, know. A grandbaby is a whole different ball game when you can, again, oh, give it back to mom and dad mm-hmm. after you're done babysitting and fun time at, at, you know, granny and papa's and all that. But when it's, yeah. when it's your own baby, yeah, at 80, that's, I mean, good for you, Robert De Niro. Good for, yeah. good for you. You're listening to the Q102 Morning Show. And these are pop music headlines. Tim is off today, still not feeling well. Lizzo, also not feeling great, had to cancel a couple of shows due to strep throat. Now, I remember being young and, and not loving strep throat because it's very uncomfortable, but also loving the taste of the pink medicine, the amoxicillin liquid form. Then you become an adult. Then they give you these huge horse pills. Like, oh, you have a sore throat? Try to swallow these amoxicillin pills. You're like, what? Why can't I get the pink medicine? I've aged out of that. Starting your day off right is very important, and laughing is a good way to do it. And a lot of funny talking. Q102. Too early to be doing any cleaning. Although, let's be honest, unless I have a reason that I have to clean, I am not one of those people who goes, oh, I don't have anything to do right now. Let me just clean the entire house. You do it because you have to, as far as I'm concerned, but I don't love it. And maybe that even stems back from my childhood. Today happens to be National Clean Your Room Day. Hmm. And my mom... I think she has scheduled today's windows. Today I'm going to vacuum. Today th- that is not how I do. But she had kept an, a nice, clean, tidy house. And she would always say, your bedroom was just a disaster. But we kind of established this truce that as long as my mess and my chaos of my bedroom growing up did not spill out into the hallway or the rest of the house, she said I could easily close that door and just forget that it was insane behind the closed door. And I remember specifically one time when I was young kind of trying to defend myself because one of my good friends had a laundry chute in her bedroom oh, and I thought that yeah. was the neatest thing ever and I said well you know if I had one of those it wouldn't be so bad in my room because then I could put things she said you have a clothes hamper it also has a lid it works the same way it will house your dirty clothes same as a laundry chute I said no no it's just totally different totally I need one of those yeah. yeah she said we are not remodeling the house to put a laundry chute in your bedroom because you probably won't use that either. The dirty clothes still will lay right beside the laundry chute, which probably would have happened or piled up on top and like, well, now you can't open the lid because there's too many clothes piled up on top. Now you have older kids now, so they have moved out of the house. So how was it growing up with that? Did they kind of keep their messes in Uh, their room or did they have the specific days where, okay, you got to clean your room on this day? Yeah, for the most part. And I would think my wife would be a lot like your mom today. We need to clean this room and that's mm-hmm. uh, you know if you want to go outside and play this afternoon it needs <laughs> right. to be picked up so yeah it, it was and constant. she always said to me too if 
if your friends come over and see this, aren't you embarrassed? I said, yeah. no, I, no, I know what their room looks yeah, exactly look like. Right. It's the yeah. same thing. So now your daughter's off at college. Yes. Does she come back for the summer? So she, or- uh, yeah, within this last week, she recently returned home. And uh, so I'm probably speaking to a lot of parents out there that are going through the same thing. So she comes back from college, I think, last Friday. Her room is a complete disaster right now. I think my wife has anxiety because of it. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like almost, yeah. The room We love exploded. you children, yeah. but we don't love your messes. And so, Tim, I think when his daughter or when uh, his stepdaughters come to visit, I mean, they come with, I think, a lot of chaos, too, and then they leave. And so it's kind of like one of those things where it's a bittersweet, yes. like, I love you, but I may not love your mess that comes along, because I right. do the same thing when I roll into my parents. And now I come with equipment and everything oh, and take yeah. over the whole house, yes, right. just like old times. Q102. Tim is off again today. So, Eric, thank you so much for being in studio. And everybody's very happy yeah. to hear you, especially Penny from Montevideo. I don't know if you saw that text that came in. Hello, Penny, if you're listening. She said, it's nice hearing Eric in the morning. Have a great day. And she said that Aww. you guys went to school together. Yeah, we did. That's very good. Now, in Montevideo or where? Uh, so, uh, so I went to school or uh, Lakeview, and I uh, grew up in Woodlake. So that's where she grew up as well. So probably grew up, I don't know, a small town. So three, four blocks from each other. See, I, I told this story before, too, that I came from a very, very small town in Ohio, and our graduating class had 67 kids in it. So, I mean, everybody knew everybody, everybody's parents knew it. You knew parents, grandparents, everybody, right? That's right. And so when graduation time rolled around, 67 kids doesn't really take that long. So when I would hear other schools that, oh, we had 200 kids, I'd go, whoa, that's big city. And they said, no, my cousin had like 600 in their class. And I'm thinking, that's our whole town. (laughs) Like, how do you even know your class? I love small town living. I do too. And so when I go home, you still see when people move away or when things change in our town, it's like, oh, that's, I don't, I don't know if I like that. We got to keep it the same. And so Tim and I were talking even about prom, that during his prom, it was just juniors and seniors, he said. Mm-hmm. So even if a, a junior, say, was dating a sophomore, you could not ask them to go to prom. And I had told him, well, again, when you have 67 kids in your class, our prom was the same, junior and senior, but they were allowed to ask ad- underclassmen to go probably just to have a full room of, right. of dancers on the dance floor. Because if not, it's like, well, 20 people are on the dance yeah, floor. Yeah, with two grades, you almost run out of students. Run out of... You uh, really? <laughs> yeah, you do. Which I really, really liked. And the same with sports. If you played a sport and had even a little bit of athletic ability, you usually played all of them. Because if not, there was not enough. You needed all the bodies you could get. The Q102 Morning Show Podcast. Join Tim and Laura weekdays from 6 to 9.